title of today's message is Be Free. So first, before we go to the message of being free, let us pray that we are free to listen without falling asleep. Father, we just come to you, Lord, in the name of Jesus. The name above every other name. There's none like you. There is no one like you. In that name, the demons have to flee. At that name, mountains quake, seas split apart, kings fall on their face. That's the power of that name. And we come to you, Father, in that name. You give us that name. The liberty, the freedom, the authority to use that name. I take authority in that name of Jesus and I bind every spirit of distraction, every spirit of slumber to leave the body of Christ. I pray, Father, there will be clarity in the minds of all who hear. A prepared heart, a prepared mind, they will hear, they will understand, they will believe, they will surrender, all of us. And we will experience the freedom. The liberty for which you paid for us on the cross in your blood. This is a blood-bought freedom. This is not a freedom that can be bought with gold or silver. All the wealth of this world cannot buy that liberty. And I pray none of us will ever take that liberty lightly or take it for granted. For it was bought with the blood of God's only Son. I plead the blood of Jesus the blood of Jesus, the blood of Jesus over this place, over all your children here and all your children around the world, Lord. From one end of the world to the other end, they are listening. And I pray, Father, the blood, the blood, cover us. We speak the blood against the powers of darkness. Speak to us, Lord. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen, amen, amen. We look at Jabez last Sunday. We were looking at how a man in the record in the book of Chronicles, God puts it. Thank you. It has stopped running so I can put you here. Otherwise I'll preach till tomorrow without knowing the watch has stopped. We saw a man in the middle of a historical chronological genealogy how his prayer Changed life. Can we put that up? Changed his life. One man gets into his prayer closet. Okay, he's he's actually cursed. Cursed. Okay. If your father or your mother chooses to name you fool or idiot, you're cursed. And somebody higher than them has to break it if you ever need to walk free in life. Okay? Because they have chosen a curse. You can choose a blessing, you can choose a curse. Jabez was cursed, but he broke through it. He broke through everything. Like I said, the deck was stacked against him. He broke through it all because he got into his prayer closet. He prayed, he asked, he sought, he knocked. And God answered. And he ended the best of his class. Okay, if Jabez was in a class and he was at the bottom of the ladder, by the time he finished, he was at the top. Because God found him more honorable than all his brothers because of his prayer. 
So don't take it lightly. It doesn't matter what you feel, how everything is against you, okay? See, asking somebody else to pray for you is one thing. They will pray and they will leave it. You cannot take your burden and put it continuously on somebody's shoulder. They will refuse to carry it. Because they don't know your pain. They don't know. They don't know your burden. They don't know your weight. It's your weight. It's your burden. It's your pain. And it was Jabez's pain. Okay? Most of us don't see our breakthroughs because we don't fight for it. We ask five people to pray and think, okay, I have done my duty. And nothing changes. Nothing changes. Okay? You have to wrestle with God like Jacob wrestled. He's between the Dead Sea. He's between the, the deep sea and the hard place. He can't go back because Laban is there. He can't go forward because Esau is there. He's stuck between two hard places. And then God meets him. And he wrestles with God until he breaks through. Because God doesn't want anyone to go back. He wants us to go forward. And God breaks through for him and he goes forward. And it's in prayer. But if you look at in the old covenant, it doesn't matter how many breakthroughs those people had. They could never finish like anybody in the new covenant. That's why Jesus said, even the least in the kingdom of God is greater. He's talking about potential. Not that all of us will end up greater than. But he said, anybody in the kingdom can end up greater than the greatest in the Old Testament. Why? What makes the Old Testament, the New Testament different? Okay, now, today's message, I will, I will give full credit to my spiritual mentor. I never met him in my life, but he has mentored me without me ever meeting him. One of my, if you look at, if you know me, my spiritual mentor is Derek Prince. Okay, I have learned more from him than any other man of God. Okay, and I was introduced to him very early in life. And uh, and experience-wise, I have found his teachings are real. My first encounter with the demonic was almost 25 years ago in ministry. Okay, and then I realized how real it is, and how people outside the kingdom and inside the kingdom are actually demonized, and sometimes you are not even aware of it. And you don't aware, you're not even aware why you do the things you do. And why you are not able to break out of the cycle. <clears throat> so we look at Jesus' pattern in the Bible. Because he is the pattern we follow. The ultimate model is Jesus. And if we had, the church had followed the pattern of Jesus Christ. The church in any country and nations wouldn't have been where it is now. Look at Mark chapter 1. And we look at verse 21 to 27. Then they went into Capernaum immediately. And immediately on the Sabbath, he entered the synagogue and taught. And they were astonished at his teaching, for he taught them as, have, as one having authority, and not as the scribes. Now there was a man in the synagogue with an unclean spirit. And he cried out, saying, let us alone. Now you see, he cried out. But it's not he who's crying out. It's a demon who so are crying out, using his tongue, his body, his mouth. Okay. He cried out, but it's not he. And it's not saying, leave me alone. It's saying, 
let us alone. So in him there is a legion. There is a huge set of demons. Demon operates like wolves in packs. They don't operate alone. They like operating in packs. Let us alone. What have we to do with you, Jesus of Nazareth? Did you come to destroy us? I know who you are, the Holy One of God. <clears throat> but Jesus rebuked him, saying, be quiet and come out of him. Rebuked him. You see, you have to read scripture very carefully. What does the Bible say? Jesus rebuked? Because his identity is completely merged with the demonic. So rebuking him is rebuking the demonic. They have become one. Scripture doesn't say he rebuked the demons. He rebuked him. And said, be quiet and come out of him. So you see two things over there. Rebuked him and told them to come out of him. Okay? And these are not Gentiles or pagans. These are Jews. Okay. And if you go further down, verse 32 and 34. 32, 34. And with a great shriek that came out. Okay. At evening when the sun had set, they brought to him all who were sick and those who were demon possessed. And the whole city was gathered together at the door. Then he healed many who were sick with various diseases, cast out many demons, and he did not allow the demons to speak because they knew him. In Mark chapter 3 and verses 10 to 12. <clears throat> For he healed many so that as many as afflictions pressed about him to touch him. And the unclean spirits, whenever they saw him, fell down before him and cried out saying, you are the son of God. So who is falling at his feet? It's a person. It's a person. But the person's body is being used by the unclean spirits. And they're falling at his feet. So the person is not falling. The demons are falling at his feet. You are the son of God. But he sternly warned them that they should not make him known. Okay? Jesus did not want uh, any commendation from the demonic. He rebuked the... And this is where Paul also in Philippi will rebuke that demon, the divining spirit in that girl. In Matthew chapter 10 and verse 1, when he had called his 12 disciples to him, he gave them power over unclean spirits to cast them out and to heal all kinds of sickness and all kinds of diseases. What he did is the same pattern. He said, this is what you need to do. Go preach the kingdom, cast out the demons and heal the sick. In verse 5 to 8, this is what they did. These twelve Jesus sent out and commanded them, saying, Do not go into the way of the Gentiles. Do not enter a city of the Samaritans. Go rather to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. Okay, there are many uh, reasons why he did it. But one of the reasons for me, it's my hypothesis. Okay, I could be right. I could be wrong. Yeah. Okay, yeah, I could be wrong. But I believe it is this. Jesus is not sending them to the Gentiles. Because the work of salvation is not yet done on the cross. Okay? On the cross. So he's sending to the lost children of Israel who have been prepared for the Messiah through the preaching of the law. But even people, the Judaeers, the, uh, the Hebrews, are also demon-possessed and demonized. So he says, go to them. What should you do? Rather, go to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. And what should you do? As you go, preach, saying the kingdom of God of heaven is at hand. Heal the sick, cleanse the lepers, raise the dead, 
cast out demons. The order never changes. He says, cast out demons. In Luke chapter 10 and verse 1, after these things, the Lord appointed 70 others and sent them two by two before his face into every city and place where himself was about to go. And when they came back, you know what they were saying in verse 17? The 70 returned with joy, saying, Lord, even the demons are subject to us in your name. This is something that never happened in the Old Testament. Something that never happened in the Old Testament. They're excited. Why? Because they're saying even the demons are subject. They're coming out left, right, and center. And eight, he said, I saw Satan fall like a lightning from heaven. Behold, I give you authority to trample on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy, and nothing shall by any means harm you. Then after he died and after he rose again, when he was with his disciples in Mark chapter 16, when he gives the great commission, the first thing he said is this, these signs will follow those who believe in my name. They will cast out demons. And they shall speak in. No, we, we, we desperately people long for the second one without forgetting. That is only second. The first thing he said is cast out demons. Okay. We need to understand this. Okay. I'm not going to do deliverance, so don't worry. <laughs> okay, don't worry. I will not do it because we don't want to do a public thing in a place like this, which we have limited time. But what I basically want to help you with is basically what I do is learn to how to deliver yourself. How to deliver yourself. Okay, It's a self-help book. The Bible is in so many ways. We need each other. We are a community of believers. Also, we can do a lot of things on our own without being a burden to somebody else and be a blessing in the kingdom. Okay? So we have to understand first the nature and the reality of demons. Okay? The demons are not, I don't think, as far as I know, are not actually the fallen angels. Okay? Demons, unclean spirits, okay? They have personalities. In other ways, they are the devil's foot soldiers. Okay? You have Indian army, you have foot soldiers, and then you have the officer cadre. The officer cadre at the higher level are principalities, rulers, powers of darkness. The demonic are the foot soldiers. They have personalities. They are personalities without bodies. Bodies. So they are forever looking for bodies to get in and live out their personalities. Their desires, their lusts, their personalities. They're always looking for bodies. And they prefer human. And if they don't get humans, they will choose animals. And if you have looked at in the Bible, and if you look at it, they prefer among all animals, they prefer two kinds of animals. One is dogs, the other is pigs. And for witchcraft, it is cats and owls. Okay? Owls and cats and bats. Cats, owls, and bats. Because witchcraft takes place in the night. And if you look at it, these three uh, can move in the night. So in witchcraft, they prefer these things. These things. The owl, the cat. So 
you need to realize it's in the demonic realm which comes with the human realm. The cat is big. So you have catwalk and all those cat things and all. These are appeared. These are possessed children. Sadly, they are celebrities, but you don't know their multiple personalities. So the cat is big. Cat is big. And so that's why ancient days onwards, the black cats, the witches and all those. Okay. So cat is big. So please understand, if they cannot get a human being, they will prefer the dog and the pig the most. Because among all the animals, they are the most unclean. And these unclean spirits. Unclean spirits. Now our problem is that we say, oh, they eat dog in Nagaland and we eat the pork in India. Not in Hyderabad, happily. Oh, it is so yummy. Both in the Bible are unclean. Because they are connected with the unclean. In Hyderabad, I think there are enough number, equal number of dogs and pigs. Three. They have, if you look, especially the area where we live, remember? Full of pigs because of the jungle area. They have two main objectives. Two main demonic objectives. Meaning they also have purpose. Other than getting in and living out their lust through human beings. Living out their personalities. They have two big purposes given by their boss, the devil. One is to keep a person from knowing Christ as Savior. Second is, if you know Christ, to keep you from serving Christ effectively. Okay? We have to learn to distinguish very clearly between flesh and demons. In Galatians 5, I'm sorry I didn't give it to you, Galatians 5, 19 to 21. Just a list, this is not the full list, but the list is given. For the works of the flesh are evident, which is which are adultery, fornication, uncleanness, lewdness. You know what? This is a work of the flesh. This is a work of the flesh. And when you continue in that work of flesh, the demons attached to this gets into you. Idolatry, sorcery, hatred, contentions, jealousy, outbursts of wrath, selfish ambition, dissensions, heresies, envy, murder, drunkenness, revelries, the like. So these are the works of the flesh, but also... There are demons associated with all of this. The spirit of envy, the spirit of jealousy, the spirit of fear, the spirit of death, the spirit of anger. All the demons are there associated with all of them. Okay? So please understand. You have the works of the flesh and you have the demons who will reside in people and you get, will come into that. Okay? Demons associated with this. Luke chapter 17 Verse 34 to 37. I tell you, in that night, there will be two men in one bed. One will be taken and the other will be left. Okay, you'll be wondering, how did we suddenly shift to this? Okay, it's not that. Two women will be grinding together. One will be taken and the other left. So the disciples ask, okay, one will be taken. Okay, we know. What happens to those who are left? Right? Two men will be in the field. One will be taken, the other left. And they answered and said to him, where, Lord? He said to them. So the question is, where are you taken or where will you be left? The answer he gives is interesting. He says, wherever the body is, or 
KJV will use the demo. It's okay. Where in, in NIV, the carcass is. The eagles or the vultures will be gathered. Okay? Wherever the body is, the vultures will gather. The vultures are the demons. The body is your carcass. Meaning he says, in a twinkling of an eye, when that happens, and the prepared are taken, the rest will get completely demonized. They're handing over to the Antichrist. Okay? It's a handing over. That's why you see in the book of Revelation what happens. Babylon falls and the whole thing is a horn for demons and unclean birds and all. Okay? It will be like nothing. 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 And Hollywood knows this. Because they are in the demonic realm. They do all this witchcraft to make their movies and they're all there. So they are preparing a world for that is what you call the zombies. Right? At least you have washed some. Don't have to show your hand. Everybody knows what it is. Everybody's got a... Your mask is good. No, nobody will know you are smiling or not. Right? The zombies. Right? They call them the zombies. Right? The zombie attack and all. You know what are the zombies? In scriptural language, you know what they are? The demon-possessed people completely taken over. Okay. And we saw in Matthew 16 and verse 17... Okay, Matthew 6. Uh, you can go to Galatians 5.24 also after this. These signs will those who believe. In my name, they will cast out. What, what do you do with demons? You have to expel them. You have to cast them out. It's the only thing you do with demons. You don't negotiate with them. You cast them out. But Galatians 5.24. All those who are Christ have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. You can't, you can't crucify a demon. And you can't cast out your flesh. Okay? So it is an act of the flesh. And there is also the demonic. You crucify your flesh. And you cast out the demons. It's a twofold attack you have to do. It's not onefold. Twofold. Okay? Twofold. From experience in deliverance ministry for so many years. And I cross-checked with others. I read them up and they said... Most of the demons in a person gets into you by the time you're five years old. And because they are comfortable with you and you are comfortable with them, you don't even realize. <laughs> you don't even realize how much they influence you. Okay, we may not be able to do the whole thing today, but in the time, because we have communion too. But let me say first, let me tell you... Um, don't be afraid. If you really know the truth of Christ and what you are in Christ, they're more afraid of us than they, we are afraid of them. So he kisses his false fear he creates. And don't have false confidence also. Okay? Okay? Don't have Dutch courage. Okay? Second Corinthians chapter 4, 3 and 4. One of the primary activity of the Demons, demonic. Even if a gospel is veiled, it is veiled to those who are perishing, whose minds the God of this age has blinded. They blind your mind. They blind your mind. Okay? And they do it in different ways. Different ways. They blind your mind. The meaning is that I will tell you a simple thing that is happening. And if I did not remind you, uh, well, do you remember what we preached last Sunday? Okay. Ajay? 
My eldest son, when he comes down from New York, he always says, I have no clue what this means and this means. <laughs> okay? Have you noticed, honestly, most of, many of you maybe, have you noticed? You can sit before a TV and watch TV at any time of the day or night and you don't fall asleep. But when you start reading the Word of God or listening to a message, you fall asleep. And it's not natural. It's not natural. It's all part of the mind being blinded so that you don't hear. You don't hear. So you have to fight these things. Practical things you have to do, but beyond that, you have to fight a spiritual battle. They cause blindness in your mind. They're blinded what? Mind. What is the, the, how does the mind get its information? Through the eyes, through the ears, through the nose, and through the tongue, and for your skin. Your spiritual faculties are completely blinded, so you don't see the kingdom of God. You don't see the kingdom of God. They blind you. They blind you, literally blind you. James chapter 1, verse 4. Second thing they do. Uh, not 4, 14. Each one is tempted when he's drawn away by his own desires and entice. They entice you. You have your flesh. You have your flesh. The desires of the flesh. You are drawn. And when you are drawn and you go into it, they entice you. It's like, it's like the hook in the worm. The hook is nicely hidden. Nicely hidden. And that thing is going round and round and round and the fish comes over there. Quack. And before you know, it's hooked. In. Entice you. Demons entice you. Okay. It's because they want to experience that through you. They want to snare you and they want to enjoy it through you or through us, whichever way you want to put it. Judges 2.18, third thing they do. 2.18. And when the Lord, these are pictures in the old covenant, the spiritual lessons. Raised up judges for them. The Lord was with the judge, delivered them out of the hand of the enemies all the days of the judge. For the Lord was moved to pity by their groaning because of those who oppressed them and harassed them. Demonic spirits harass you until you give in. They will harass you. They will harass you. You think it's your flesh alone. It's not your flesh alone. It's the flesh and the spirit. Until you get up and go to the fridge and satisfy that craving, which you actually don't need. They harass you. Until they get that outlet. They harass you. From enticement, they move to harassment. Judges 16, 16. It came to pass when she pestered him daily with her words and pressed him so the soul was vexed. It's another term. To death until he gave it. Gave it. Take it. You thought you gave in to the flesh, but what was working on the flesh? That's not how you began. When you began in the flesh, ah, take it. Take it. Can be anything as simple as coke. Is something bigger. By the way, one of the active ingredients of Coke when it was founded, if it if still not even now, is cocaine. That's why it's called Coke. Okay. They blind you. They blind you. 
They entice you. They harass you. They compel you. That's how it becomes compulsion. It becomes compulsion. They enslave you. When you have compulsion and enslavement coming together, you become an addict. You become an addict. Now, that drives you now. You are no longer in control. There is a part of the flesh and there is a demonic that has taken over. You are driven by this. Driven by this. In 1 Corinthians chapter 11, 29 and 30, we are coming about communion, but we will have communion later. This is what the Bible says. He who eats and drinks in an unworthy manner, eats and drinks judgment to himself, not discerning the Lord's body. Your sense of discernment has gone. Sense of discernment has gone. Okay, because you are not judging. Judging is one of the most important parts of a person's life to keep himself free from the demonic. You don't give them an entry or if you give them, cast them out and close the door again. Judgment is for that. When you do not discern, you lost your discernment, what happens? For this reason, many are weak, sick among you and many sleep. What happens? Spiritually, you lose your strength. The demonic has taken over. When you lose your strength spiritually, you become strong in the flesh. Understand? It doesn't mean you are in the ICU. No, your flesh is very strong. You are weak in the spirit. Flesh is very strong. You, you are sick. You fall, literally fall sick. The sickness of the mind, sickness of the body, you fall sick. And the third one, many asleep. You spiritually die. Ultimately, it leads to the other death. Okay? So, first place it resides is in your flesh, your body. Your flesh is in your body. Okay? Your flesh is in your body. That, that part of you. The flesh. Proverbs 25 and verse 28. The second place. Whoever has no rule over his own spirit is like a city bo- broken down without walls. Okay? It's your soul part. Your soul part. They reside in your soul, in your mind, in your emotions, in your attitudes. And it works out as thought patterns. The old covenant, if you will realize that, it doesn't matter how incredibly wonderful kings will arise in between. One thing none of them could do, destroy the high places. Have you noticed they couldn't do that? They couldn't destroy the high places. So ultimately when he is dead and gone, the next one rises, the high places, and all the groves come back again. The high place is the demonic in your mind. It's in your mind. It's in your body, it's in your mind. If you do not pull it down, it will just lay low for a little while and you will revert back. Okay? Revert back. High places. Okay? And ultimately you end up in Compulsive behavior. Okay. Whether it is anger, whether it is jealousy, it is offense, wrath, physical sins, okay, starting with alcohol, drugs, drunkenness, addictions, sexual immorality. You are not able to come out of the cycle at all. Okay. And it can Stay there inside, deep inside, Proverbs 18 and verse 19. 18 and verse 19. 
A brother offended is harder to win than a strong city. It's, the demon has got in. The high place now. You are offended. Your pride has been hurt. You are offended. After that, it does not matter. You, you cannot win him over. Until you cast that demon out. You cannot. That's why Jesus said, Blessed is the one who is not offended because of me. Offense is one of the biggest doorways in people's life. People get offended. Like, in America, you can't say anything now. You have to be very careful about the language you use. Dictionaries are being changed. Words in dictionaries are being changed to see that you are correct, that you don't offend anybody. You know what is a demonic stronghold over nations in the mind? And that gets into the church and people get offended. And God says, you don't, why are you offended? Why are you offended? You know what? Because something was touched over there. The demonic has got it. It's in your mind. Ahitophel was offended. Offended. And it's inside, deep inside him. Will lead him to suicide. Lead him to suicide. So the demonic can be in your body. It's in your body. It is in your mind. And it's in your emotions. In your emotions. That's why we continuously tell you, please put your emotions at the back, not in the front. If you put your emotions in the front, definitely the demonic is there. All he has to do is manipulate your emotions. And he will listen to it. Emotions are given by God, not to be in the front, to be at the back. How do demons come in? Okay, how do demons come in? I'll give you a homework for tomorrow. Okay, tomorrow, or you can WhatsApp me, or Sunday, if I were to ask somebody who does not have WhatsApp. Okay, Exodus 20, 3 to 6. You have to look at the context. You shall have no other gods before me. You shall not make for yourself a carved image, any likeness of anything that is in heaven above, or that is in the earth beneath, or that is in the water under the earth. You shall not bow down to them, nor serve them, for I, the Lord your God, am a jealous God, visiting the iniquity of the fathers upon the children to the third and fourth generation of those who hate me. There's something very specific. If you look at the context, it's connected with idolatry. Up to the third and fourth generations. I will be the example, okay? Here, you don't have to worry about that. I am here. I have my father. I have my mother. First generation. Go beyond that. My father has his father and his mother. My mother has her father and her mother. Go beyond that. Now you are getting her father's father and mother and mother's father. So just look up into four generations and you will come, come to a minimum number. Somebody down that line is an idolatry. This is a general rule. General rule. The demonic is there. It is there. Okay, just do. I mean, if I ask Pastor Vijay, he will immediately do his mathematics and give it to me, but I want to give it to us non-mathematical people. Okay. Okay. That's why I said everybody is exposed to it. Nobody is exempt. The only one who walked on earth who was exempt from this was Jesus. <coughs> Everybody. Okay? Deuteronomy chapter 18, <coughs> verses 10 to 12. Second one. First one is the sin of idolatry. <coughs> they shall not be found among you. Anyone who makes his son or daughter pass through the fire, 
or one who practices witchcraft, or a soothsayer, or one who interprets omens, or a sorcerer, one who conjures spells, or a medium, a spiritist, or one who calls upon the dead. For all who do these things are an abomination to the Lord, and because of these abominations, the Lord your God drives them out from before you. So there's an entire list of occult given over there. Let us come to the simple thing. Typical in India, star. Right? Not five star. Star. Every horoscope. It's horoscope. Astrologer. Palm reading. Let's not go into higher things. It's a simple level. But it opens a door. It opens a door. This idolatry, involvement in the occult. Okay, you can be a non-active participant. You're not conjuring, but you went to somebody who conjured. A lot of Christians do that. People are not bothered about problems. They just want a solution. And Christians do that. They will go to this temple where they will say that one drives out or this thing and doesn't. They will go to the Muslim fellow who will tie another thing and give it to you. Before you know, you are tied up for life. And you don't know which way you are going. And people wonder, how come they sit and they don't listen to the word of God at all and they don't not interested at all without realizing you are bound. Third way. It ended. There are different ways. I'm just giving you a few which I learned and I have found out in experience. Which is what we call prenatal. Gynecs will understand prenatal. Okay. When a child is conceived, the mother or the father rejects the baby. Okay? Reject the baby. Okay, that's probably what happened to Jabez. Okay, rejection. And automatically what happens is the spirit of rejection enters it. It's a spirit. Spirit of rejection. And after that you will see the child is, its, its entire personality is driven by this spirit. Driven by this spirit. Or fear. Fear, trauma, fear can cause an entry point. That's what basically the Bible is talking about if you look at First Peter chapter 3 and verse 8. The context is about women, but it is also telling you something. Five. Oh, no, no. Second Peter, Second Peter. Not first, Second Peter. Where he talks about sudden fear. First Peter chapter 3, 6, 6, not 8, sorry, 6. Yeah, first Peter, first Peter. As Sarah obeyed Abraham, calling him Lord, whose daughters you are, if you do good and are not afraid with any terror. What happened to her was the most terrifying thing that can happen to a woman. A married woman is being taken by the Pharaoh's soldiers to the harem. But she closed herself to the demonic realm by going without fear. And therefore God's hand was upon there and they couldn't touch her. They couldn't touch her. Okay. In many, 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 if not all, trauma cases, accidents, trauma cases, when that happens, the demons get in. They get in. And you'll always say those people are driven by that trauma. They're not able to get over it. 
they are not able to get over it. Okay, that's why when we talk about the word of God and walk in the word of God, it is to protect ourselves that you may you may go through it and come out untouched, because your soul is edified, it is strong that you may it may happen to you, but nothing touches you. You don't give an entry point either into your body or into your soul. Okay. Then another way is what we call soulish domination. It can come to an individual level, to an entire national level. You have, if you want to see at the national level, you have to see the videos from North Korea. Kim Sung Jung too will come there and he will make a speech and suddenly he will take his kerchief and he will cry. Before you know like an effect, the entire crowd is crying. Entire, and it's demonic. Because the entire nation is controlled by the demonic. That's how they are kept in slavish fear. So when he cries, they all cry. Okay. And we need to realize this happens at a very individual level. That is why we preach and we leave you alone. We don't compel you to do anything. Okay. Because it's the spirit of domination. We have to realize when Adam and Eve fell, hell broke loose. <laughs> Literally. Demons were having a gala time. Because the first man chose to believe the devil. He opened up human race for this. So trauma, domination, right? It can be emotional. It can be physical. It can be an accident. Okay? It can be an accident. Trauma. Let's look at Genesis 37, 33 to 35. And he recognizes. This is when the brothers of Joseph bring his cloth with blood on it. It is my son's tunic. A wild beast has devoured him. Without doubt, Joseph is torn to pieces. Then Jacob tore his clothes, put sackcloth on his waist, mourned for his son many days. All his sons and all his daughters arose to comfort him, but he refused to be comforted. And he said, I shall go down into the grave to my son in mourning. Thus the father wept for him. Okay. Now what actually happened into him? It was shock for him. This was first shock was he lost Rachel. Second shock is he's lost Joseph. It's trauma. The spirit of depression gets into this man. That spirit gets in. And for the next 22, 23 years, he's the most depressed man living on earth. Though his identity has been changed. In 2 Corinthians chapter 7 and verse 10, this is what it says. Godly sorrow produces repentance leading to salvation, not to be regretted. But the sorrow of the world produces death. How does it produce death? Because these demons get it. They get it. And they're useless. They, they move you. They move you. Okay. The spirit of heaviness, which finally leads to the spirit of death, comes in. And you have to fight these things. These things are real. These things are real. 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 Okay. And you have to. You have to let go. A lot of people who are still attached to dead relatives. Let go. Let go. No. Let go. You will, you, 
That was Jacob. He couldn't get over Rachel. He couldn't get over Joseph. And the sons are dying of hunger, famine. And I will not let go of Benjamin. Let go. They're gone. They're fine. They're saved. They're fine. If they're not saved, there's nothing you can do. Don't give openings. Don't give openings. Okay? Because there is a godly sorrow. So you will see in Israel's this thing, God gave them 30 days to mourn. They mourned, Abraham mourned for Sarah for 30. She died at the age of 127, right? And he must have been 137. He lived till 175. He didn't mourn all the days of his life. He's got over it. Otherwise, he'll be a useless man. Useless man. We cherish their memories, but we are not bound to them. We are not bound to them. The way you open and it gets demonic. And you you feel so good. You know, I can I love that person so much, I cannot get over it. And you think you feel good. You think you're being loyal to that memory. You know the crazy stuff to the witch, the world. I mean, so many times you hear about people who have died. And uh, the other surviving member never even buried that body and kept it in the house and the police had to break in and take the bodies. That is the extreme level. But you, you can bury and still carry it in your mind. People don't realize. It stops you from being what God wants you to be, to fulfill God's purpose in you. A bound. Bound. Okay, That's what we actually mean by ungodly soul ties. Ungodly. It's not godly. It's ungodly. If you let go, let go. A lot of people struggle, especially in India, they struggle because we have this extremely joint family, umbilical. Not uh, In India, you're not born with one umbilical cord. It's like a hydra. <laughs> they let go. They let go. That's why the first command in the Bible about marriage is leave. 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 You know, if you love them, if you take care of them, and leave them. Leave them. Leave them. Leave your father, leave your mother. Leave. You know, and we, we think, oh, no, no, I'm being disloyal. No, you know, you're being loyal to God. And we actually being good to them. Being good to them. And people don't realize these things open the door to the demonic. And then, sinful acts, habits, opens the doors. At the simple level, horror movies and horror books. There's some writers and all, I forgot. Yeah, Stephen King is at the business. For children, there are books. And I've seen boys hooked to it. I don't know. Anyway, you don't have to tell. They will write. If they don't write the Bible note, they will write that down to go check it out. <laughs> okay. Okay. Starting with horror movies and these books and demons enter. Enter. And that's why you can see children. They watch something. They come in. I cannot sleep. Can I sleep with you today? What happened? I'm so scared. Why? The biggest portal today for the demonic is the internet and the television. That's a po- You see, they are disembodied spirits. They can come through the TV. If anointing can rest on a shadow, demons can come through anything. Okay. 
So from horror things all the way to other extreme, pornography to prostitution. Going to prostitutes or prostitution. Okay, it's an entire realm of the demonic. Entire. You're hooked. You're enticed. You are enslaved. Okay, so please understand the fundamentals. We live in a world and it's getting more and more and more demonic. The world is getting more and more and more and more demonic. Absolutely getting more and more demonic. And in the end it will be like a swarm of locusts. They'll be released. Okay. So the question is, do you want deliverance? Do you want deliverance? It's a simple question. You cannot be delivered as long as you like it. Cannot be delivered. You cannot. Even God won't do it. He just leave you alone. He leave you alone. Okay. For deliverance, the patient also has to be willing. Just take a few seconds and think. Do you have any compulsive habits? Compulsive. Eating, drinking, porn, shopping. Don't take it shopping lightly. It's compulsive. It destroys your economy. The devil comes to steal, to kill, to destroy. And he does it in different ways. If you find somebody who is not interested in drinking or eating and says he likes or she likes shopping, get on to it. And you will become, you don't even know what you're, why are you going for it. But unless you go, you are not satisfied. And when you come back home and you look at the stuff you bought, inside you are dissatisfied. But again, the next day you will again go. It's demonic. People don't realize it. The entire world industry is demonic. They sell you things which you never need. It's enti- advertisement is a de- department of enticement. The whole thing. And we don't realize. We don't need these things. Yet if you ask God, God says, I will give you all the things you need. One area people, Christians, are very good is never checking with God about shopping. Because they know God will say no. Eating, shopping, these things we never check with God. Just say, thank you, Lord, they'll say. God said, what are you thanking for? I didn't give you that. You bought it yourself. Do you have compulsive habits? Just think about it. Like that's what I said, even reading. There's reading for knowledge, reading for purpose, there's reading for pleasure. Do you have compulsive habits? This can be addictive. You're a compulsive talker. So the lockdown didn't bother you because your phone was busy 24-7. Because all you want was to talk, 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 talk. Do you know it's demonic? And it's on your tongue? Demons have their places. They're like they are on the ears. If you are a, if you are a one who loves hearing gossip, it's on your ear. It ears. You've got itching ears. It's on your ears. It specializes in that place. And it lives vicariously through you. It loves hearing, loves hearing. And if you're a talker or a gossiper, it looks on your tongue. It's compulsive. 
And because you hear the word of God, you go back and say, Lord, I'm sorry, I never want to do it again. And next day you go do it again. That is why in the new covenant, what nobody could do with the old covenant, they all had compulsive habits if you look in the old covenant. Almost everybody. Everybody. New covenant, God says, it's a new beginning. It's a completely new beginning. That's why if you look at Jesus' ministry, it was always connected with casting out demons. You have to deal with the demonic. You have to deal with it. Accept the reality that I could be. And you know, that's why I said I will, we will look at how you can do it yourself. Because I, I give you authority over all the power of the enemy. He says, I give it to you. Use it in my name. Use my name. When it comes to demonic, use it freely in my name. God has no issues. Use it. So if you want to be delivered, the first condition of being delivered is be humble. First condition. If you are not humble, he cannot deliver you. Or rather, he won't deliver you. Because what delivers you is grace. Grace is only for the humble. Humble. Okay. Now let me tell you a simple fact which will Throw all your excuses away. Because we have good excuses. We think all our excuses are real, solid, watertight. It is not. In God's eyes, in God's eyes, why nobody escapes before God is, God has given everybody something which is called the will. And the will is the most important part of your soul. Lord, make me humble. No, God says humble yourself. It's an act of will. Almost everything in your life is an act of will. You chose to get up. You chose to get ready. You chose to come to church on time. Everything was an act of will. Everything. That's the most important part that God has given us. I said before you, life and death. You, if you don't have a will, you cannot choose. Animals don't have a will. Their will is very, very, very limited. Very limited. They're propelled by their desires, like they're almost like programmed things. That's why you don't see animals doing things unless we train them to do things which they were never meant to do. Because that's the way they But we have a free will. Free will. So nobody can sit here and say that, no, because you know what? When you are not doing what God told you to do, you're using the same will to do something which God told you not to do. That's what the Bible says. No one will be without excuse. We have a will. We can choose. We can choose. So the first thing is, be humble. Okay. Nowhere in the Bible God says, no, pray to me and I will make you humble. He says, no. Choose to be humble. Okay, choose to be humble. When you are choosing to be humble, there's always two people. You, and the other person. The other person is God. Or somebody representing God. Two people. Okay. So humble thyself. Before God. Second thing. God is a God who loves honesty. Be honest. Don't play with words. Call a spade a spade. As Derek Prince says. Call a spade a spade. Don't call it an implement used sometimes for agriculture. Call it by its God-given name. In the Bible, every sin is named very clearly. 
Because associated with that will be a demon also or a set of demons. Okay? So call it by. If you say, I'm struggling with this agriculture implement, the demons will be confused. What is he talking about? <laughs> okay? Call it by a name. Be honest with God. Simple. Be humble. Be honest. Be honest with God. God, God loves that. No? God loves that. Okay? Call it by a name. If you're an angry person, say that. I have the spirit of anger. You're short-tempered. I have that spirit. I'm lazy. It's a spirit. Sloth is a spirit. It is there in your flesh. It is a spirit too. Once you indulge in the flesh in that, the spirit gets in. He brings a legion of sloth. And before you know, you're a lazy fellow. Okay? Call it, call it by name. Humble yourself. Call it by name. You'd name it. You'd read through the Bible. The Holy, the Holy Spirit will show you. No, that's why the Bible is a mirror. It shows you. Okay? And it shows you don't walk away. Don't walk away. Okay? Put your faith in Jesus. You're looking for deliverance. You're not looking for magic or mantra. Look to Jesus. Hebrews 3 verse 1. Look to Jesus. Therefore, holy brethren, partakers of the heavenly calling, consider the apostle, the high priest of our confession. He will speak to the Father what you speak to him. If you tell Lord, Lord, I'm an angry person, he will speak that to the Father. He doesn't do anything outside the Father, without the Father, and without the Holy. They work together. They absolutely no ego problem. They're three real humble personalities. Okay. So if you say something which contradicts your problem, he won't confess it. He won't confess it. Okay? He won't confess it. And the Holy Spirit will help you to make the right confession. Okay. Confess it by yourself. Okay. Because unconfessed sins are never forgiven. Unconfessed sins are never forgiven. Confess it. This is, you don't have to go to anybody, honestly. You can do it all, all by your own. Unless you are in deep trouble, that you are taken over by it, you need help, seek help. In most cases, you can handle it on your own. Repent of all sin. Proverbs 28, 13. Don't just repent of the one that troubles you. Okay? He who covers his sin will not prosper. Who confesses and forsakes them will have mercy. Okay? What happens is that, you know, it's like uh, going to a doctor. Doctor, my head is hurting. I'm sorry, Sister Patricia, I'm not using you. Okay? I know your head was hurting yesterday. <laughs> your head is hurting. Okay? So you go to the doctor because your head is hurting. But the doctor gives you a whole set of lists. And by the time you come out with the t- test, he's come out with 15 other different problems. And you won't go to the doctor and say, I don't care about the 15, just treat my headache. It doesn't work that way with God. Okay? The symptom may be showing out as one, but you may have multiple diseases. So confess all known sin. Okay? Basically why? You want to break the power of the enemy. Repent, confess of all sin. And the Holy Spirit will show you. He's very gentle about those things. Remember, 
He comes to help us. He's not coming to harm us. Okay. Break with occult. Curses. Break. Open your mouth and break. That's why always in the old covenant you will see incredible godly men like Daniel and Nehemiah and all confessing the iniquities of their forefathers. Occult, secret societies. And one of the, 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 I'll tell you, if you look at the most powerful Christian nation ever seen, U.S., and you look at the mess it is in, you know why? Because of Freemasonry. Founders all messed up. Because on one side they had the Bible, the other side, half of them were part of secret societies. Okay? It is true around the world. Even in Hyderabad. Everywhere. And the East India Company came in here. They came as Freemasons. Everywhere the East India Company went in, they established their lodge. And you know, the first set of people they took in were the Indian Christians. The men. In most cases, a woman has no idea their husband was a Freemason. And they have no clue why is my family so messed up. My children are crazy. Children are crazy. You know why? They dabbled in the occult. The curse came up. Curse came up. Loads and loads and loads of them. Break it. Any covenant, any forefather of mine has made with the devil and has given subsequent generations to him in that oath, blood covenant, for power, for fame, for prosperity. I break it in Jesus' name. I break it in Jesus' name. You have to be careful about this. People even don't realize, why am I like this? What is pushing me? You don't realize, you are handed over. Like they did in the Old Testament, they put their sons and daughters through their fire. I want prosperity. Baal says, the priest of Baal says, put your son. What did they do? They put them through the fire. Now what they do? They do that. But what did they do? They offer their subsequent generations in an oath. I give you my sons and my grandsons and my granddaughters. Prosper me. It works. The father's word works. Adam sinned. We all fell. But I didn't sin. But your father gave you over. Okay, so be careful about this. A lot of them. A lot of them. Lord and loads and loads of them. We have no idea how many are involved in this junk. And have messed up their homes and subsequent generations. The curse that has come. That is if you are from a Christian background. Non-Christian background, chordo. It's full of occult and uh, idolatry and all. You are talking about Christian background. You will say, what we are Christian by two, three generation, four generation, five generation, or like mine, 20, is irrelevant. Irrelevant. They were there. Freemasons were there in all of that. You have to break free. Remove all occult objects in your house, especially Chinese things. Chinese has two kinds of dragon. One is the imperial dragon with four and the ordinary dragon with five claws. And you will see anything you get from China will have a dragon in it. 
Take it out. These are entry points in your house. Stuff people get from Africa, from the voodoo occult things. And they hang it in their houses saying, I got when I went on a safari. And after that, you are in La La Land. We don't need those things. We don't need. You realize the religion of the world is witchcraft. Witchcraft. The religion of the world is richer. There is no religion in the world at the, which at the bottom of it there is in witchcraft. Christianity, which has departed from Christ to sustain it, cannot sustain itself without power. So the preachers get into witchcraft. Buddhism with the principles of Buddha alone will not survive. So you look at Buddhism has gone into witchcraft. Everything has gone into witchcraft. That is the sustaining power. Okay. So don't take these things lightly. These are serious things. These are serious things. And God has pity on you, on people. He looks and says, you know what? You're ignorant. In so many ways you're innocent, but you are a slave. Look at Joseph. He's ignorant, he's innocent, but he's a slave. There's nothing he can do. He was sold. He was sold. And so many people who are struggling were sold by others. Sold by others. Because they dabbled in the occult, they dabbled in Freemasonry, they dabbled in different things, and they were sold. Okay. So ask the Holy Spirit to show you, remove anything with the occult from your phone, from your tab, from your laptop, from your house, decorations, pornographic material, whatever it is, you don't care. Take it out. Dresses. Dresses. Ask the Lord to show you dresses. That is why scripture always says, whatever you buy from the market, buy it with thanksgiving. And certain things you cannot buy. Thanksgiving also will not work because it is occult. It is occult. Okay? It is occult. So be very careful about it. Seventh thing, forgive others. Unforgiveness is one of the biggest. First we have offense, and then with offense comes unforgiveness. Akitavala was offended. Judas was offended. They all committed suicide. Was God there to help them? Yes. But why is God not to help, help them? Because the spirit that has taken over because unforgiveness is an open portal. That's why the Lord says when you stand to pray, forgive. Let go. Your destiny is not dis- destined by anybody else other than God. Nobody can miss you. Nobody can miss you. you only you can, yourself. Okay? What God has blessed, no man can curse. Okay? Forgive others. And then, you have to expel them. What you do with the flesh is a different thing. You crucify your flesh, but you have to expel them. There's no point trying to crucify your flesh when the demons are happy there. It simply won't work. Just to give you a simple example is like that. You take a bowl of water and you take the sponge, squeeze all the water out and put it back in the bowl. What difference does it make? Two seconds later, the, bowl, the sponge is again full of water. Okay, So it's not going to work. A lot of people say, I am fasting. Did you expel those fellows? 
expel them, get them out. Get them out. And then live in the life. There's one thing is deliverance. The other thing is how to live a life of deliverance. Life of deliverance. No? People have to. Because <laughs> there are a lot of things in the Bible which God talks about. Okay, Finances. Finances. You have to be very careful, but that is one area the demonic gets into. That you will always live either a life of fear or a life of lack. The life of fear, what does it is that you actually have money, but you won't spend it because you are always keeping it for a rainy day. But the problem is the rainy day never comes. And ultimately, you would die never spending your money even one day because you kept it. Somebody gets it and spends it in one, two weeks and it's gone. That is fear. It's fear. It captivates you because you're not connected to God. Not connected to God. Connected to God. The other side is that you waste. You're a waster. You waste money. You're not a steward. You're a waste. And we do not really, especially with money, finances, this thing, you read the Bible. The Bible talks about the demonic in it. Actually, it is called unrighteous mammon, and mammon is a spirit, and we are told how to handle it, that it doesn't influence us. And COVID times, wash your hands if you use cash. Along with spirits, there are germs also. John, James 4 and verse 7. Therefore, submit to God. Resist the devil and he will flee from you. The three things told. First, submit to God. You and I are asked to resist the devil. You cannot be neutral. With the devil, you can never be neutral. Okay. I will leave you alone. You leave me alone. Doesn't work. He will not leave you alone. Because his lifetime agenda is to get you and me. So he is not going to leave you alone. Okay. He's not like Laban who will say, okay, we make a stone here. You don't cross over there. I won't come over here. This doesn't work. This is Laban's father. He will cross every line if you give an opening. You have to submit to God first. The word of God first. The spirit of God first. And resist the devil. And what is the third thing? He will flee from. Don't flee from the devil. Like we always have to tell. Especially to my wife. When you see a dog, don't scream. He'll bite you. Don't run. He'll bite you. Just stand still there and look at it. Don't scream. Don't run. Don't run from the devil because he's meant to run from you. You run from him. He already... The minute you run from the devil, you already open a portal of fear. He will, you can, you can never outrun him. We are not called to run from the devil. We are called to resist him. Okay. Submit to God, resist the devil, and he will flee. Scripture says, this is scripture. He will flee from you. He will flee from you. And this is all the word of God. Okay. Then, Coming further. 
why some are not delivered? First, lack of repentance. See, repentance, the world and the church has made it into a bad word. It's the best word. Okay. If you don't repent, you're not even saved. Simple thing is, simple <laughs> logical thing is that you cannot walk in two directions at the same time. Unless you repent, you cannot put your faith in God. You have to turn from the world to turn towards God. No, I will walk in the world and I will walk with God. God says, but I am not walking in the world. How is it possible that you say you are walking with me? Because I am not walking in the world. not walking in the world. You know? One of the reasons people don't get delivered is because of actually lack of repentance. Second thing is they are passive. There's no desperation. You look at Jesus' ministry, everybody who came to him are desperate. And when he went to the synagogues, it was his, the fullness of the Holy Spirit, the presence of that caused the demonic to manifest. Because they misunderstood. And they started manifesting. Why have you come to send us to hell before time? Okay. There's a lack of desperation. You like it. Luke 8.35 When they went out to see what had happened and came to Jesus and found the man from whom the demons had departed, sitting at the feet of Jesus, clothed and in his right mind, and they were afraid. You know what? God has given you and me in his name, when we stand in him, in his name, power over all the power of the... He has not given you power over anybody's human will. He has given me power over all the power of the enemy, but not power over anybody's will. If you don't want to be delivered, even Jesus won't deliver you. Won't deliver you. We have no power over another's will. Everyone has to choose. And one of the reasons is that people like it. They're comfortable. Our common, Pastor Vijay and I use our common example from the ten plagues. Remember the plague of the frogs? All over the place, in your kitchen, under your pillow, everywhere you go, it is plagues. It's frogs. For the first time, the Pharaoh is asked to choose. When do you want this to go? Tomorrow. The simple question is, why do you want to sleep with the frogs one more night? And frogs, you know, is a symbol of unclean spirits. No? Do you want to be delivered? Yes, Pastor. When? Tomorrow. <laughs> I'll come tomorrow. Today, let me enjoy it. You're not ready yet. You're not ready yet. Derek Prince uses this term. Deliverance is for the desperate. Deliverance is for the desperate. Okay, it's for the desperate. And one, another reason, third reason, James 4 and verse 3. You ask and do not receive. What are you asking for? Deliverance. Lord, deliver my friend. Why? Because you ask amiss that you may spend it on your precious. Precious. 
we are not delivered to get off the hook. We are delivered to serve him. He brought us from the kingdom of darkness to the kingdom of light so that we may declare his praises. That's the purpose. Do you know when Moses was sent, the actual picture of deliverance, Moses is sent to Egypt and tell the Pharaoh, set my people go for two things, that they may worship me and they may serve me. Two things. That's the reason for deliverance. That they may worship me and they may serve me. And what does Acts chapter 7 say? 39 to 43. Whom our fathers would not obey, but rejected. In their hearts, they turned back to Egypt. Where did they turn back to Egypt? In their hearts. They left Egypt. They crossed the Red Sea. Pharaoh and his army is gone. But they are in the wilderness. But in their hearts, they turned back to Egypt. So actually, they never could be delivered. The demons of Egypt pursued them in the wilderness and caught up with them. Egypt was behind them. The people of Egypt, they never saw again. But in their heart, they turned back to Egypt. Saying to Aaron, make us gods to go before us. What kind of gods did they want? The gods of Egypt. As for this Moses, who brought us out of the land of Egypt, we do not know what has become of him. Look further. And they made a calf in those days, offered sacrifices to the idols, rejoiced in the works of their own hands. Then God turned and gave them up to the worship the host of heaven. Do you know what they did in the desert? And subsequently, they started worshipping the stars and every demon that is associated with them. The worship of the host of the heavens. As it is written in the book of the prophet, did you offer me slaughtered animals and sacrifices during 40 years in the wilderness? O house of Jacob. Did you know that? They didn't. Nobody was interested in their deliverance. That's why they died in the desert. You know why they all died in the desert? They died because they did not want to be delivered of the demons of Egypt. They wanted to be delivered from Egypt, the torture of the Egyptian pharaoh, but they did not want to be delivered from the demons of Egypt. And because of that, ultimately their worship became the worship of the gods of Egypt. You do not have because you do not Ask. When you ask, you do not receive because... What will you use your liberty for? What will you use your liberty for? So God says, I want to deliver you. And then, what will you do? What will you do? Okay. Another reason why people do not get their deliverance or don't walk in it get back to their old place of bondage is self-centeredness. Let me explain to you what it is. John chapter 5, verses 5 to 7. You have lived on the... Oh, John, John, gospel according to John. Yeah. There was a certain man who was there who had an infirmity of 38 years. Okay, we know this very well. When Jesus saw him lying there and knew he had already been in the condition a long time, he said to him, do you want to be made whole? A sick man answered, Sir, I have no man to put me in the pool when the water is stirred up, but while I am coming, another steps down. You have to ask the simple questions. Okay, the simple questions you need to ask. Why did Jesus just go to one man and didn't ask the others? None of them were ready. 
None of them were ready. Only one was ready. Only one had reached the level of desperation. This is when he is going. Only one has reached that level of desperation. He asked, he asked, he asked, he asked. And then he said, you, you want to get well? He says, Master, you know what? Every time I try somebody, he says, I can make you well. What did he say? Pick up your... Now you need to ask, why did he say pick up your mat? We have heard many sermons about it. The whole question Jesus is asking is, do you want to get well? A lot of people don't want to get well. If they know by getting well what you lose. You lose the only thing that brings some attention to you. Negative attention. People thrive on negative attention. Oh, did you hear? That's the only time people will listen to them. If your mat is gone, then you have to walk. At least when you are lying at the mat, they will say, oh, poor Mose, 38 years. Yeah, he says, yeah, 38 years. Poor me, woe unto me. And people love on. Don't, God doesn't find any pleasure in any of these things. Oh, I am an orphan. Who said, who told you? Are you my child or not? If you are my child, how can you be an orphan? Don't get this negative sympathy saying, oh, I am an orphan. No, you are not an orphan. If you are my child, you cannot be an orphan. How can you have God as your father and be an orphan? Oh, I am a widow. Who told you? Am I your husband or am I not? We don't need these concessions from the government. Because we have God as our father. Stop living in that negative thing. You won't get delivered. You won't get delivered. That's why Jabez is smart. He broke through every barrier. Okay. Self-pity. No. They will open that old chest. Take out their old bone china. And they will have a pity party. Alone. They keep the box of napkins also nearby. Because when they think about how people have misused them, they feel so sorry for themselves. Stop it. Any man is in Christ Jesus is a new creation. All things, old things have all passed away. Doesn't even exist. You're listening to the lie of the enemy. You've been delivered to declare, I have God as my father. You don't see any pity party from Paul. Gets beaten up left, right, center, thrown into jail in the sea, in the wilderness, in the desert, full, hungry, clothed, naked. Always conqueror. Because he knows who he is. And demons cannot even touch that man. This is a life of liberty. Another reason. Joshua 6.18 Failure to break the power of the occult. Okay? By all means, abstain from the accursed things, lest you become accursed when you take the accursed things and make the camp of Israel accursed. No? They brought death into the camp because one man called Akan took something that was accursed. Cursed. Okay? 
Don't be a collector of cursed things. One of the things which I don't do anymore is that I am not a tourist. I never visit a museum because the museum is full of accursed things of every culture used for pagan deities. I don't want to go and see them. I don't want to go to all those places. As far as me, if the Modi government destroys Taj Mahal, no problem for me. For me, it is a graveyard. Dead man's bones. Don't get these sentimental attachments and all. Forget it. Leave it alone. Occult, objects, habits, superstitions. Strange things people do. In other religions they do it. In Kerala you have it. Like in the Hindu community, what they do that? Every time for their father's death anniversary you have to go and feed the crows. They are called balikaka. When they believe the spirit of their father comes and eats and goes. All kind of things. You know. In uh, Tibetan Buddhism, you know how you are actually buried? You are not buried. Either they cremate you or up the top of the mountain, the lama, the butcher, the slaughterer there among them. He will slice your dead body and feed it to the vultures. We have no clue the occult part of religion. The hidden underbelly. I've sat with them and talked to them who were ex-Lamas, who were in occult and who are believers today. And they have told me what they could do when they were in the occult. They, could, they said, we could start a storm or stop a storm. You don't give us our offering, you will have no crops today. We will bring locusts and finish your crops off. You give us what we want. We had the power to do that. That's why you need to realize the world hates the authentic Christianity because it is curtains for the demonic and no profit for them. That is how wherever Paul, when they incited because he's insulting our great Diana. Because if Diana worship stops, all these fellows will won't make any molded things. Their industry is gone. You need to understand what is this hatred. Now Christianity has become a very tolerant religion because we stopped casting out demons. Christianity has become demon infested now. Very tolerant. Failure to cut. Binding soul ties. Jacob, Rachel, Jacob, Joseph, Jacob, Benjamin. You see the picture in the Bible. Right. Or you are under a curse which you did not break. Either a curse that was passed on to you, like in the simple case, Jabez's mother naming him pain, is a curse. Rachel, when she's dying, naming Benjamin Benoni is a curse. The father reversed it. Okay, the father reversed Nobody could have reversed it. What if Jacob hadn't heard? Heard. Okay, Jacob reversed it because he being the father, having more authority, he cancelled it all. Or it can be self-pronounced. You can pronounce a curse on yourself. A lot of people pronounce curse on yourself. Genesis 31, 31, 32.
And Jacob answered and said to Laban, because I was afraid, for I said, perhaps you take your daughters from me by force. With whomever you find your gods, do not let him live. No? That's what he said. He didn't know Rachel was sitting on the idols. Laban came and said, why did you take my, my household idols? He said, we haven't taken anything. If anybody is found with the idols, let him die. A little later, Rachel dies. She dies. Genesis 27, 12 and 13. This is before that. Perhaps my father will feel me. I shall seem like a deceiver to him and I shall bring a curse on myself and not a blessing. But his mother said to him, let your curse be on me. What did Rebecca say? Let your curse be on me. Do you know that's the end of Rebecca? After that, you, you don't even actually read if I'm right how she dies or who buried her. She's gone. She's gone. She's gone. Okay. We know Isaac died and Esau and uh, Jacob comes and buries him. But did you find about uh, Rebecca? We find about Deborah. Rebecca's maid dying, right? Deborah or something, what is her name, right? Yeah. She dying and being buried. But do you hear about Rebecca? No. Self-inflicted wound. Hit wicket. Nobody had to bowl one ball. Just got out on yourself. Be careful. We choose. Okay. Okay. Failure to confess specific sins. Okay. The devil is an advocate. You give him legal right. Above all. Not separated by baptism. The most powerful thing God has given us is the power of baptism. If you really, really have repented in your heart and believed in the Lord Jesus Christ and goes out under that water and then get up, you've been taught well, get up and reckon yourself dead and walk in it, you are actually free. Actually free. Some people, when you baptize them, you will see when you put them under the water, so many bubbles come just joking. Those are the demons. Everybody's staring at me. <laughs> Baptism. Powerful, powerful, powerful. Okay. It's powerful. Okay. We'll go to communion. Luke 3, 13 and verse 32. As the communion and the worship team comes. Luke 13 and verse 32. Got it? Yeah, you have to go to the last part of it. He said to them, go tell that fox. So one person who is not politically correct is Jesus. He is calling Herod the fox. Behold, I cast out demons and perform cures today and tomorrow. On the third day, I shall be perfect. He put the entire his work and the church's work on the first and the second day as casting out demons and healing people's body and mind. He said, this is the pattern. You have to cast out demons and heal the mind, heal the body. So that you can be perfected on the third day. Very clearly, Jesus said, first day and the second day. We are entering into the third day. Almost there. Luke 11.20 But if I cast out demons with the finger of God, surely the kingdom of God has come upon you. 
When you cast out demons from your own body and your mouth, you start yawning and your eyes and ears and all these things starts coming out, you will realize actually, you actually physically realize the kingdom of God has come. You experience its power. Okay? Matthew 12, 43 and 44. When an unclean spirit goes out of a man, okay? He goes through dry places seeking rest and finds none. Then he says, I will return to my house from which I came. Who is the house? The person. He calls it their house. When he comes, he finds it empty, swept and put in order. What does he do? He goes and brings six others or seven others worse than him. Now if you look at the house, what the person who did the deliverance did. Okay? Empty, swept and put in order. Two things are good. It is swept. It is in order. What was the thing that was wrong? Empty. Empty. You left yourself empty. You didn't fill yourself with the word of God. You didn't fill yourself with the Holy Spirit. You left yourself empty. So that fellow came and brought up. Earlier you had only an issue of smoking cigarettes. Now you are a drug addict. You are alcoholic. You are hooked onto porn. You are into everything. But earlier before deliverance I had only one problem. Colossians 2, 13 to 15. And you being dead in your trespasses and the uncircumcision of your flesh, he has made alive together with him, having forgiven all trespasses, having wiped out the handwriting of requirements that was against us, which was contrary to us. He has taken it out away, having nailed it to the cross, Having disarmed principalities, powers, he made a public spectacle of them, triumphing over them. In it. There are three fundamental things in these three verses that sets you free. First thing you need to realize is when you go to Christ and you confess, you're forgiven of everything. He forgives you. Second thing you need to realize, this is like a court because God's kingdom is based on righteousness. There is a devil, he's an advocate. He's an accuser, he's an advocate. He, Jesus is a defense attorney. If anyone sins... Remember, you have an advocate. So Jesus is the advocate who argues on our behalf. And the devil is the one who argues against us. And when he argues against us, what is Jesus' defense? His defense is the entire law has been wiped out on the cross. You have no... Which, under which statutes do you accuse him? Section 320. Section 320 is not there. It's nailed on the cross. Section 443, nailed on the cross. Section, section 430C, nailed on the cross. That's what... Verse 14 says, he has taken it out of the way. Because you cannot argue in a court unless you have the law. That's why scripture says, anyone who is under the law is under a curse. Stay under grace. Be led by the spirit. Led by the spirit. He forgives you. He has taken the law out of the way. And then he has defeated the powers of darkness. That's where your freedom comes from. That's where your liberty comes from. And this is how you live. You live. The daily surrender. Offer your body, offer your mind. Offer your body, offer your mind, your soul. Do not conform to the pattern of the world. Because all the devil needs is a toehold. It's like the camel. Just, and the Arab, the tent. All he gets is a toehold. But it will not stand as a toehold. Before you know the whole camel is inside. No? 
So as we go to the communion, yes, Pastor Vijay, and uh, can we have the brothers who are helping? Pastor, huh? Yeah, we have Pastor Danu also is here. Yes? Yeah? Shikant is here. Shikant is there. We have uh, Samir is here. Yeah, Samir is there. Has Albert come? No. Albert is here. Yes, Albert come. We have uh, David. Brother David is also here. Come. We need six people, right? We have six. As we go to communion, please remember. That's why he said, one thing he told us to remember. You know why? Because this is the table of liberty. You are set free. We are constantly partaking of something that set us free from every demonic oppression and its effects. That's what we read these three verses from Colossians. We've been forgiven. All the statutes against us has been put away and he has disarmed the principalities' powers. They have no power, real power. All they have is the power to deceive us, to give us an opening. We give them the opening. They come and take residence. Okay. So as we go to the table and all the dear ones at home, I hope you have your elements with you. It will come to you. could happen anytime. It could happen when you are partaking of the communion. It could happen when we pray at the end. Or it could happen with you alone at home. Okay? okay. Don't worry. It won't manifest. We'll command it to be quiet. Like Jesus did. Jesus is a very gentleman. Okay? He told them, keep quiet. Keep Don't make a racket over here. Don't embarrass people. Just go out quietly. Okay? But don't be worried about embarrassment also. You want your deliverance or your dignity, you have to choose. There are no dignified people in hell. There are only delivered people in heaven. Okay? So as we go, yes, can we have a stanza, please? Once at beside the highway begging His eyes were blind The light he could not see this rags and shivered in the shadows when Jesus came and made his darkness flee. When Jesus called, the tempters far and broken. When Jesus comes, all tears are wiped away. He takes a we pray. Father, this morning we just come to you. We are not coming to a table instituted by man. We are coming to a table instituted by our Lord and our Savior. And at this table there is deliverance. You said, Lord, examine yourself. And I pray, Lord, in the light of the word we have heard, 
we have examined our hearts we have repented of our sins we have confessed our iniquities of our forefathers we make a decision that we have broken away from every idol every graven image every occult we have partaken of we have forgiven everybody the holy spirit has shown us there is no offense in us and we are desperate for liberty the liberty which only you can bring and i pray and i believe lord as we partake of the emblems of your broken body and your shed blood it will bring deliverance in our minds our soul and our body that our body will truly become the temple of the living god alone nothing unclean nothing that is oppressive will reside in us you and you alone to that end father i come at this time in jesus name we pray amen amen so this morning even as we stand here i know deep inside every christian every true believer there is this knowledge this is not what life is meant to be it's something bigger than this i read the bible i hear the messages and i know what god has intended for me is something much bigger than this but i never seems to break that chain that cycle i never seems to have enough money it seems like i earn and put it in a bag full of holes i never seems to come out of sickness i never seems to sleep well i'm already always vexed i'm always harassed i never able to get over my temperament i never seem seem to able to break habits which i know is destroying me because bible actually says if you do these things you will die bible says if you sow in the flesh you sow corruption and death it is inevitable it is inevitable whatever it is it's inevitable the end of it is death but he did not come to bring death he came to bring life and you can do this on your own after we pray go home sit with the holy spirit and just how you do it is you stand on the finished work of christ jesus you see the devil is a thief it's an actual thief he cannot buy anything he can only steal he knows he owns none of us because the price was paid in full on the cross for everybody saved and unsaved Jesus will never sell anybody There are parents who sell their children Jesus is not that kind of a father he will never sell his children Never The devil is a deceiver He deceives you and saying this is the promise try it But ultimately you are empty and miserable racked by guilt So you have to stand on the finished work of Christ Jesus That's why 1 John 2:1 is a very comforting verse of a father where it says if anyone sins okay, that's a door 
doorway, opening. What is the end of temptation? It is, my little children, these things I write to you that you may not sin. And if anyone sins, we have an advocate. Not an accuser. An advocate. With the Father. Jesus Christ, the righteous. There's only one way home. It's through Jesus. Okay, And there's no condemnation. You'll never say, no, 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 no. You're too far gone, sorry. Too far gone. I wish, maybe next week I'll show you the testimonies that keep coming every week. Unbelievable testimonies coming. People just getting delivered like that. How many years in drugs? How many years in prostitution? Just set free. Even yesterday the call that got. Somebody was into heroin. Shooting. Delivered just like that. And out and free. And now serving God. Marriage, family, everything. Back in place. Everything settled. That's God. That's God. He came, came to set the captives free. And therefore, even when you do it on your own, remember where you are standing. The old covenant, he tells Joshua, you are entering into the promised land. These are enemies. You have to subdue them. Every place the sole of your feet treads, I give it to you. New covenant, behold, I give you power over all the power of the enemy. And they shall by no means harm you. Don't be afraid of him. He's afraid of you. Old Testament promise connected with the land. New Testament promise connected with yourself. You can be set free. Set free. That's a promise. You need to know that you want your deliverance. God is for you. God is more interested in your and my deliverance than you are. And if God is for you, who and what can be against you? That's the ground on which we stand. We stand on the ground on the finished work of Jesus Christ. And then you learn to walk on deliverance. We look at it next week. Learn to walk one day at a time in your deliverance. And you will realize, you know, life is full of purpose. Full of purpose. The kingdom of God is inside. It's a kingdom of not temporary purpose. It's a kingdom of eternal purpose. Let's pray. Sister Elsa, could you come to the front? Pastor Vijay, could you come? Let's pray. I'll pray. You don't need a microphone. Just come. Stand with me. Be a Aaron and a her. This is Aaron. This is her. Let's pray. Father, we just come to you, Lord. Your word says one can put a thousand to flee. Two can put ten thousand to flee. We are more than two. We are more than three. Though only three hands are joined, in the spirit we are standing together. We are standing together for the deliverance of each other. We are one body. When one falls, all fall. When one is hurt, everyone hurts, O Lord. And we are looking to you, Father. You are the deliverer of our souls, O God. You said for this purpose the Son of Man came that he might destroy the works of the devil. It was destroyed, O God. Today I take authority in the name of Jesus of Nazareth. And I bring your people here with us. And all the people are watching from wherever they are. This is the hour of your deliverance. 
But the word of God says the power of the Lord was there to heal them, to deliver them, to set them free. Be healed in Jesus name. Be set free in Jesus name. Every spirit that is not of God, every unclean spirit, every mind blinding spirit, every spirit of addiction, every spirit of the world, I command you to leave the body and the minds of God's people now. Leave. Leave. And all of you just breathe out. Spirits are air. Breathe out. Just breathe out. Don't worry. Just breathe out. As I pray, you breathe out. I command every demonic entity to leave the bodies of God's people. Leave. For whom the sun sets free is free indeed. They have sinned, Lord. Forgive them. Let their sins be forgiven. Two people don't have to suffer for the same sin. You suffered for us on the cross. Forgive them. Sins are forgiven. That's what you said, Lord. Let each one pick up their mats and they walk free. Let them bask in the love of God. The liberty of the Holy Spirit. Let them find purpose. Let them be set free from besetting sin now in Jesus' name. Whether it is pornography, whether it is sexual addiction, whether it is gluttony, whether it is alcohol, whether it is drugs, whether it is worldliness, whether it is shopping, whatever it is, it does not matter. You name it, God will free you from it. Be set free in Jesus' name. Be delivered from the spirit of anger, the spirit of depression, the spirit of fear, the spirit of jealousy and envy. I command you to leave in Jesus' name. The spirit of sloth and laziness to leave in Jesus' name. The spirit of worldliness to leave in Jesus' name. The accusing, gossiping, slandering spirit to leave the tongues and the ears of God's people in Jesus' name. Young men standing here, I command that spirit of masturbation to leave in Jesus' name. Leave. Leave now in Jesus' name. Leave now in Jesus' name. Sanctify us, Lord. The blood of Jesus cleanse us. Sanctify us, O Lord. Sanctify, Spirit of God. Sanctify everything you have given us, O Lord. Today, Lord, let the blood of Jesus cover our gadgets, our phones, our laptops, our tabs, whatever your children have, their clothes, their books, and whatever is unclean, let them go back and throw it away. But what can be used, cleanse it, O Lord, if it has been used for an unholy use. Cleanse it. Let the demonic in it leave before they reach home. We speak your word. Leave our objects. Things that God has given us. Leave it. We are setting it apart for a holy use from today. Us and everything you have given us. All our children, we surrender to you. Any forefathers who have committed their progeny to the devil, we break it now in Jesus' name. We take authority in the name of Jesus. We cut off that bloodline in Jesus' name. We cut off those curses and iniquity in Jesus' name. 
We start them afresh in Jesus name The bloodline has changed Today we are joined with them to Christ And if any man or child is in Christ Jesus He or she is a new person Set us free Lord Thank you Father Let your people walk in that liberty and freedom Thank you, thank you Lord, thank you Commit this month into thy hands It's a new month It's a first day It's a day of incredible month of grace that is poured. Yes, sin will abound, but grace will abound more. Any day, grace will win. Any day, your grace will overcome. So we receive the grace that is set for us through this month, O Lord. I pray your children won't be like Simeon or Reuben or Levi or Judah. They will be like Joseph, the 11th one. They will be like the bow planted by the well where their branches go over the wall. They will not be just blessed. They will be a blessing to others, Lord. All those who are here and all those who are listening around the world. Blessed like Joseph to be a blessing, O Lord. O Father, blessed to be a blessing, O Father. Let everyone have your kingdom purpose in their lives. Let them walk with God. Let them experience the joy and the comfort and the peace of walking with God or Master. And it doesn't matter what their age is. All our senior citizens at home, Lord, let them be set free too, Lord. I believe they have believed and prayed. You will give them back the years the locusts have eaten, O God. All those wasted years, O Lord. And in these days, you will add to their life. It will be full. It will be complete, O Lord. Thank you. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. Thank you. Thank you. We commit U.S. into thy hands. We commit the election into thy hands. And we break the power of mind-blinding over that nation. I pray your people will arise and march as kingdom people to the voting booths and give that nation four more years of mercy and grace, O Lord. Move over that land and protect your servant there, Lord. Thank you. Thank you, Father. Thank you. We praise you. We worship you. We glorify you, Lord. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen, amen, amen. With the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of the Father, and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit, rest and abide with each one of us. Amen.